Welcome to Pop Yak, where we yak about pop culture. In this episode, we're going to talk about Invincible, the first two episodes of Invincible. I gave one episode a watch, couldn't stop watching it. It's like a dream come true for me. I'm a huge fan of the comic of Invincible, so actually getting to check out the animated series and having it be so pretty, it's gosh, that... It looks so good. The art in this is great. And the voice acting is spectacular. The voice actors they got in this blew me away. Like Every time a new character appeared, I was like, that voice sounds familiar. And then I went and looked it up, and lo and behold, it was a voice I've heard before. So at the beginning of this, we had the Mahler twins try to kill the president. Who's the president? I don't know. I hope it's some ridiculous celebrity cameo. In the Marvel Universe, Stephen Colbert ran for president. And I think he actually won. I think also Loki ran for president. There was so many crazy people running for president that it's hard to keep up. I know um, J. Jonah Jameson was the mayor of New York. Speaking of J. Jonah Jameson, uh, J.K. Simmons plays Nolan, uh, I wanted to call him Nolan Invincible, Uh, Omni-Man or Nolan Grayson, uh, Mark's dad. It's such a perfect fit for him. When I used to read the comic book, me and my husband used to read it uh, together with Silly Voices. And J.K. Simmons just seemed like the right voice to give to that character. He just looks like a J.K. Simmons character. They always give him the perfect roles. I wonder if he goes out of his way to get these roles or if they went, if they look at a character and go, something about that is J.K. Simmons. It speaks to me. Back on the Mahler twins though, they look great in this art style by the way. I bet if I was Ryan Otley, the artist of Invincible, I'd be over the moon seeing characters that I helped design and draw and shit like that show up on screen moving and talking and oh man this must be a blast for them i hope they are having as much of a blast with the show as i am and other fans of the comic so the Mahler twins have a cool gimmick that one of them is a clone and one of them is the original and neither of them know which is which they're also bulletproof i love uh, that's one of my favorite things in superhero comics when a character gets shot with bullets and just doesn't care i love the cops always try like they're like you know what we might as well give it a shot Maybe the first hundred bullets didn't do it, but these ten bullets here, they're gonna do the trick. It never works. It never works. If the bu- if the first bullet bounces off, the tenth bullet's gonna bounce off. And I love that that's even brought up in the second episode. But the uh, Mall twins try to stop it, and we get to introduce to the Guardians of the Globe, who are just pretty much the Justice League, with different um, names and abilities. And if you think these guys are lame because they're just the Justice League, you don't got to worry about that for long. Actually, at the end of this episode, they all get brutally fucking murdered in something that I did not expect to happen so soon. I knew it was going to happen. I watched this show I watched this show with a friend and my husband. My husband knew it was going to happen, but my friend was is going in dark. She's never see, she's never seen Invincible. She's she's seen a couple pictures of him, but she's never like d- dived dove into the comics. So we're watching it and she's like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? As the brutal murder of the Justice League commences. Watching this guy's head get popped like a grape. Or it took longer than a grape would take to pop. And that's what made it so visceral and graphic. As you watch this guy, the Red Rush, you watch him get his head crushed. And it takes so long to do that you're just so uncomfortable. It's great. It's really like watching a, uh, it was like watching a good horror movie. Bring back slasher movies, guys. Come on. I think that a few slasher movies came out recently, but I would love a collection of B-horror movies that are just Dead by Daylight villains. But anyway, Mark Grayson is a, is a high school student who has a dad who is from space. You know, his, the whole Superman thing, right? My dad comes from Krypton, and Krypton didn't explode. One Kryptonian goes out and decides they're going to pick a planet to be the protector of. Uh, My friend brought up a good point of the fact that he doesn't like help. 
he's not he doesn't hang out with the Guardians of the Globe. I mean, he ain't gonna hang out with them now. They're not gonna be inviting him to any more barbecues. They're dead. But he liked being a soul hero. He kills them all. In the comics, this takes a lot longer to happen because you spend most of the time with Mark and getting to know him as a person. You get to find out about Nolan as well. Mark, though, goes to high school, and I do believe that his next-door neighbor is his best friend, William, who doesn't like to be called Bill. This is something that, again, I really wish they, they saved some time to, like, flesh out Mark and his high school stuff that they, like they did in the, in the books, but I understand the fact that you have to grab people and grab them immediately. Comic book fans are gonna sit through boxes and boxes of dialogue. And if you know one thing about, if you know Ro uh, Robert Kirkman, you know he likes to write. You can sit through boxes and boxes of dialogue and if you're a comic book fan, but a person who's watching a superhero thing for the first time might wanna speed it up. So I like that they they decided, okay, let's put the let's put the murder of the Guardians of the Globe at the end of this episode and we'll slow down after that so that we can get people into it. Now you come back for episode two because holy shit, he killed the Guardians of the Globe. What's going on? Is this just the boys? It's a little bit different. Uh, it's just as bloody. So I love that they, they right up front show you how gory and just bloody and brutal this is gonna be get your like gallagher poncho on <laughs> like miss frizzle said we're gonna make mistakes and get messy my favorite member of the guardians of the globe before they were all brutally murdered was uh the immortal and the one i feel the most sorry for is the fish man yeah everybody else had lives to go back to and people that are waiting for them but the fish man he didn't have nothing and i feel really bad for him and he looked like he couldn't really do much against nolan like the other ones had a chance right the green ghost she could she could phase through walls and stuff she could have gotten the fuck out of there if she wasn't you know gonna try to help she could have gotten the fuck out of there, got back to her life, her modeling. War Woman could have actually probably taken Nolan. The problem, though, the fact that they are all noble heroes and decides to stay and fight him. But the fish guy, all he does is he he's, he's like Squirtle. He uses water gun. Well, it looks more like a hydro pump, but it doesn't have the same kind of force that the hydro pump has, right? If he had water ability, kind of like the way a water pressure cleaner works, then okay. But he doesn't. It's, he's just throwing a bucket of water on Nolan, who's now wet and annoyed that he's wet. That's all. So I felt the most bad about him when he got fucking utterly destroyed. The moments that I did really enjoy is I loved seeing Mark and his dad train. And then there's moments of this where Nolan's, like, brutality slips out in front of his family. Like, he punches his son square in the fucking chest. And his son can't breathe. And he's laying there on the ground. And he's like, shit. Whoopsie doodle. <laughs> my bad. And the fact that he's like, it was probably better off that my son didn't get powers. Maybe that has to do with the fact that he likes to be the sole protector of this planet. Now he has a rival in his own son. But it's cute watching them play baseball and throw the, play catch over the planet. That was awesome and cute. I really like the, the, the fun bonding moments that they have together when his dad is not being a horrible monster. He also got big on his wife, who was not having it. Not even a little bit. She's like, nah, step down. <laughs> And he stepped down. He's like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have yelled at my wife. <laughs> but that was just episode one. We, Like I said before, we get to know about a little bit more about Mark and his high school life in episode two. The main thing we find out in episode one about his high school life is that he got bullied. You know, typical high school shit. He's very much like, what if Spider-Man was Superman? Uh, Superman currently has a son in the comics um, named John. And the Super, the Super Sons comic with Damian Wayne and John Kent is really fun. And I, if you like fun, definitely go and check that out. Especially if you hate Superman and you're like, I right, fucking Superman sucks. Well, watch how he is with his son. It'll warm your heart. Your cold, dead heart. 
I get it. Superman is too much of a goody-goody, which is why there's so many spinoffs of him that turn the Superman mythos on its head because we're tired of the way that character is presented. And there hasn't really been a good representation of Superman outside of the animated series. First of all, we just need to put the animated series in theaters and have people watch it that way and go, this is Superman. He's actually really likable. He believes that Santa Claus is real. He's just a good boy that lives on a farm in Kansas. Why y'all hate him? Oh, because he's super powerful, he, super powerful and he'd do anything. Yeah, like in the Silver Age. That's not now. He has limitations to his abilities. Hell, he goes to Batman and asks him for help a lot. If you like him, if you'd like to see him kowtowing to Batman, he does that a lot. This is kind of like if John Kent was a teenager. Because John Kent right now, I think he's a preteen in the comics. But episode two, we get to find out more about his life. And it helps because the teen team, who is the team he ends up hanging out with, is a team that has to pick up the slack for the for the Justice League because the Justice League was roughed up so bad that they died. There's nobody to actually save the planet once there's an invasion of interdimensional beings called the Flaxians. The Flaxians are hilarious. Like, I just love that they they leave and they come back and they have learned from their last encounter. I think that's cool. But it's funny that they show up and they get beat up and they run away. And it's like, blah, blah, blah. And then they come back and they leave. It's very much like watching an episode of Looney Tunes. I can just see Bugs Bunny dealing with them and this being the same way and the Flaxians becoming an enemy that way. Especially since their weakness is the amount of time that it takes them to age in our dimension or Mark's dimension, I guess, because if we learn anything from the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that there's a bunch of different universes and we live in one without superheroes in it, unfortunately. To be honest with you, I'm kind of glad that we don't have superheroes because imagine the supervillains. I'd like powers though. You, you know how great teleportation would be? I could be there because I hate traveling. So I could be, boom, I'm there where I was, where I want to be, and then boom, I'm back home. I'm sure other people wouldn't use teleportation that way. They teleport themselves to bank vaults and that's a whole fucking thing and we don't need to get into that but in this universe that they live in time travels weird for the Flaxians it travels way faster so them coming into our universe for like five minutes is like actually probably like 50 years because they start to age really quickly so they leave they come back with and figure it out they have bracelets they get fucked up by robot they leave they come back. They leave and come back until finally Nolan wakes up. But let's back up and talk about the teen team. There's apparently a bunch of teen teams, which makes sense. If you're a teenager, wouldn't you immediately want to use your powers? Let's fucking go. I got the power of flight. I'm going to immediately find the nemesis. And you just start picking fights with people. But the teen team consists, consists of Adam Eve, who has the ability to control Adams. And her name is Eve. All the names, I think, are very clever. Like, Rexplode is, is just one that's a play on the word Rex and explode but i still think it's clever i mean there was never a hero named rexplode before multiplicate her name is kate and she can multiply fantastic wonderful i love the way they animated multiplicate's powers that she just kind of flipping out of herself and more more hers are coming out of the oh it was so cool looking robot i mean he's a fucking robot i want to say there's somebody else in the teen team but i don't think there is not yet anyway i do think they get another member but they don't have them yet so I won't spoil anything. Rexplode's voice had me losing it. He sounds a lot like Ed from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. He's not. I looked it up, but he sounds a lot like him. And I was just, every time he spoke and said something douchey, I laughed my ass off. He's a dickhead, but he's not a dickhead like Nolan is, who will actively kill people he supposedly works with and is in the same alignment with. Just, he's just so fucking dumb. He feels to me like a typical teenager. I like him a lot. Mark too. they all feel very much like teenagers. If you watch something like Riverdale, 
they're not written like teenagers at all. They're written like adults, and it's like, ugh. Or um, that one book by that guy, The Fault in Our Stars, they're all written like philosophers. You know, sometimes you gotta let teenagers be teenagers, and I really like that this show does that. It's like, you're not Theogenes, you're fucking Jughead. Although sometimes, sometimes I wonder. Seeing the teen team work together and use their powers is really cool, and seeing Mark get the hang of flying was really cool. And him and Adam E flying around together, and Mark pulling off all these tricks to kind of impress her, like, look, I'm cool, I can be cool, like the teen team. Um, that was really awesome. Oh, real quick, let's go back a little bit further. Mark got Mark gets a costume. He, he learns how to fly and stuff. His dad's like, let's take you to get a costume sport. Punch in the arm. Mark is like, my arm is broken. No, that doesn't, that doesn't happen. But it's something that I wouldn't put it past him. He takes him to Mark Hamill to get a new costume. And the first costume, the orange costume, he has that actually for a little while before he actually changes into the iconic blue and yellow one. Costume designer's like, I need something iconic. I need a name in order to help make your costume. So finding out, okay, your name is Invincible, that's an eye. He put a big eye in the middle of his costume and his head is the dot of the eye. I thought that was really clever. And also he has the goggles because he doesn't like the wind in his eye when he's flying. Wind in your eyes while you're flying is something you never really think about. Um, you never really think about bugs in your teeth either. But these are the things you have to think about if you're if you're becoming a superhero. Probably doesn't happen very much as high as they're flying. Probably still sucks to be flying and having a conversation and just a wasp goes right in the back of your throat. And after the Guardians of the Globe get taken out, the government gets involved. And we see Cecil, who is in charge of the like secret part of the government. He's the one who takes in Nolan after he goes into his mini coma, after he passes out, after beating up the Guardians of the Globe. And he's unconscious, so, you know, like I said before, the teen team has to pick up the slack for the rest of the team. There's also a detective who is like Hellboy meets Constantine meets DC's detective chimp. All in one character. So he's like a demon detective. And he shows up and kind of cracks the case open a little bit. And he goes, nobody else was in that room just the members of the Guardians of the Globe. So it's either some one person from the Guardians killed everybody else and lost to Omni-Man, or it was Omni-Man. Those are your options. Or there's an untraceable villain, which is what Cecil thinks, because he cannot fucking believe this. He's like, no, that would never happen. It must be some untraceable villain. Yeah, that's it. It was fucking evil gentleman ghost. Gentleman Shadow. Gentleman Shadow wouldn't be a gentleman, though, would he? He'd be like, Vagabond Shadow. There's a free superhero. Pick it up and run with it now. <laughs> You're welcome. Just give me a half credit. Rex Blode and Adam Eve are dating, but Adam Eve is too smart to be with a blockhead like him. I love the fun ways that they got rid of the Flaxians, but all the fun fun, like fun for everyone in, in the family, including like, this is like fun for everybody, including grandma, until Nolan shows up. And then it's like, uh oh, grandma, cover your eyes. <laughs> because Nolan decides, fuck this, I'm going to their home planet. And he destroys everyone. The music that's playing with when he's doing this is so fucking dope. The music in this show in general is amazing. And if you want to find out what song is playing during what, the song when he goes and beats the ass of all those aliens is a it's a song called Tom Tom and it's the remix of that song. Um by a band called Holy Fuck. I think John Paisano is the one that remixed it. Holy Fuck is right. <laughs> what a good band name. Not gonna get you on the radio. Um, you'd have to call yourself Holy Fudge or whatever, but Holy Fudge sounds way better as a band name than Holy Fuck, but Holy Fuck sounds better being announced over a big loudspeaker at a huge concert, so I get it. Also, there was a fantastic song that played when Mark was learning how to fly, and he was out there being a hero or whatever. It's called Broken Boy by Cage the Elephant. Definitely check that out. It's super cool. 
All of the music is dope as hell. You know what? Let's talk about the voice actors in this show real quick. Steven Ewan is invincible. I didn't even recognize that it was him. Like I said before, J.K. Simmons was Omni-Man. There's a guy made of rocks named uh, Titan. That's Maharshala Ali. You know, Oscar winner. He's also a, in the, a member of the Serpent Society in the in Luke Cage, but I don't think those are canon anymore considering he's playing another character in the Marvel Universe. Remember that uh, demon detective I mentioned before? He's my video game boyfriend, Clancy Brown. And Zachary Quinto is in this, John Hamm. Like, there's a ton of actors in this you didn't expect. And Seth Rogen is Alan the Alien, who, whose introduction is so charming. Like, it immediately makes you fall in love with him. He's just this one-eyed Cyclops alien who shows up to test uh, the guardians of each planet. And it seems that Omni-Man has had quite a few run-ins with him. But he never stopped to talk to him. And he finds out that he came to the wrong planet. He's not here for Uarth, he's here for Earth. And he's going to have to do some paperwork and he's probably going to get in trouble back at home. So maybe the mountain of paperwork will keep him from showing up. That cute little fight with Alan was fun. Again, more fun. Not like the Flaxians. The Flaxians had a bad time, not a fun time. Not a fun time for Grandma. I mentioned before that they he wiped them out, but I didn't explain in detail how vicious and cruel it was, how he beat the shit out of them for, in their world, years, until they opened up a, a portal and said, get the fuck out of here. We'll let you go home. Just leave us alone. And he's like, cool, okay. And he drops a mountain on the people who saved who saved him. He's a bastard. But again, he mentions that he is the protector of Earth. He's like, Earth is not yours to be conquered. It shows you that he's a G. Maybe if Superman beat the shit out of people like this, people would like him. Even though it was brutal, it was fun. And Omni Man comes back with the sickest, sweetest beard you ever did see. I'm really looking forward to more episodes of this show. I'm looking forward to it way more than I'm looking forward to episodes of um, Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I like that show, but it's this show is pulling me back in. Um, and that's when I'm watching a show and I usually give it three episodes to pull me in. This is what I mean. Something that gets me immediately and hooks me immediately because I could be watching a show of, and it's not just, oh, well, you like the show already because you watched it. You read the comic book. So of course you're gonna like the show. I don't read the, I don't watch the walking dead no more. There was so many points in that show where I was just like, why am I doing this? That happened. That started happening in season two. And I kept up with it until, um, I think what, two seasons ago where I just said, I can't do it anymore. And I dropped out of it. X-Men is my number one thing that I enjoy. It's my number one fandom is X-Men. And the last X-Men movie, X-Men Apocalypse, actually made me really sad. And made me not want to watch any more superhero movies ever. So it's not just that I know the thing that makes me interested in the thing. Because you can get a really good show and get a really dog shit adaption of it. And I'm so glad this is not a dog shit adaption of Invincible. Two episodes, one episode, and they pulled me in. I'm, that's what I might do from now on is I'm, if I'm watching a new show or something, I'm going to give them three episodes to, to catch me. And if I'm not hooked, I'm not going to really care. If Or I might go back and finish watching it on my own and then do a big extravaganza talking about the whole season of that show instead of dedicating an episode, an episode of Popyak talking about it. Like uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. I don't hate that show. But in three episodes, I'm not chomping at the bit to watch it. I'm like, okay, I'll watch more of this. But there's other things I have to watch and that I want to watch. The Promised Neverland. I know season two is canceled. I will watch the hell out of season one because it's really interesting. And I would love to see where that ends up. And if it can be a sh one season show like um, Westworld is. Like Westworld, I w I'm, I'm keeping up on it. But the first season was such a perfect first season that you don't need the rest of the show. You're, it's perfect ending there. That's it for Invincible this week. 